Hey, this is Sayyam Bhutani and you're listening to Chai Time Data Science, a podcast for data science enthusiasts where I interview practitioners, researchers and cagglers about their journey, experience and talk all things about data science. Welcome to Chai with Best Kaglers, CTDS.show. In this episode, I interview data scientist at Micrometer and Kaggle's Colonel Grandmaster, Laura Fink. As you expect, we talk about Laura's journey. She comes from a background in physics and she started her journey in data science through physics. We connect the dots for her journey into data science on Kaggle along with understanding her process of writing the kernels, the amazing kernels that she has been authoring on Kaggle for a long time. If you haven't paused the interview, head over to her profile and check out all of her kernels. Uh, you'll learn a lot. You'll enjoy them a lot. I can promise that. We dive into how these come to life. What's the process for Laura like to write these kernels? And general tips and tricks from Laura for newbies, or all Kagglers alike. We also briefly touch upon a few important topics, a few important ethical topics. So I won't stand any further between you and the interview. Here's my interview with Laura Fink about her journey in data science, Kaggle, and her process of writing these amazing kernels along with a lot of discussion on Kaggle kernels. Please enjoy the show. I'm very excited and honored to be talking to Laura Fink on the show. Laura, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Nice to meet you, Sanyam. <laughs> I'm very honored to be here today. Uh, like, likewise, I'm really excited to know uh, more about your journey in machine learning. I would love to start by talking about how did you find your passion for data science? I read that while studying physics, you were also working on different modeling techniques. So were the seeds uh, of machine learning embedded at that time or how did those yeah. come along? Yes, it was uh, during my master thesis. So, um, yeah, we tried to model uh, metabolic pathways in cells. And for this, um, yeah, we built several nonlinear differential equations and tried to fit them to um, trajectories of uh, yeah, illuminating cells. So you could imagine you have a cell that you feed with some genetic material and this material starts to build proteins that can uh, send up uh, light signals. And um, in a microscope, you can track these signals in curves. And on these curves, you can uh, fit the nonlinear differential equation. So um, we try to extract parameters like um, how fast does this genetic material um, degenerate, or how fast does the protein degenerate, or, or how fast is this translation um, going to take place? So from genetic material to proteins. And um, so this was my first contact a bit with the data science project because um, 
yeah, every part from data collection to um, fitting the models, data pre-processing, um, but also to explain the, the results um, was important. And um, I also got the first contact with um, yeah, maximum likelihood estimation and optimization tasks. And um, yeah, especially data pre-processing -pre -pre was so important in this project that it was the first time that I really understood that really every part is important, not only the model itself and the beautiful theory and stuff like that, but also um, the experimental design and if the data collection was is really good and efficient enough uh, and also um, sufficient. So if you have enough cells tracked or if the curves you have are too noisy or not. And um, yes, so I think this was my really first contact and um, also for this background removal of so the, um, yeah, the sickness were ex extracted from videos uh, taken during fluorescence microscopy. And um, yeah, so these, um, you can imagine that there is some kind of background that is decaying over time and also over space. And one had to remove this background to really extract the cell signal so that it's not like a dirty signal. <laughs> and um, this removal was also done with machine learning. So this was really my, my first contact with machine learning. Okay. And I also wrote a, a small plugin in Java at the time for ImageJ. And um, so this was also my first contact with software development. And for me, this was my first yeah, data science project, I can say. So, sounds fascinating. It, it sounds like you, you uh, applied all of these, so to speak, steps in data science. Uh, you mentioned pre-processing, you mentioned feature selection. Uh, there was storytelling involved as well, apart from model building. So that, that sounds like uh, it was a complete exposure to the big pipeline. Yes, uh, for me it was because also, um, yeah, I learned one thing that I still found very important that um, you also have to know the math behind your models um, because in our case, it was like um, we had some distributions in the end of the parameters we wanted to obtain and there was a symmetry in the distribution, so B-modal distribution, and um, the symmetry was not caused by a natural phenomenon in the cells, it was caused by a symmetry in the, in the model, so in the model itself. And um, one could easily conclude that there is some biology uh, reason for this, but uh, it wasn't. And so it's so important to also know what you are really doing. Um, so I'm a fan of knowing the mass behind your models. <laughs> yeah. I've, 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 as I was mentioning off, off the record, I've read almost all of your kernels, even uh, your attacking models one where you mm -hmm. had... Uh, when you had gone into the complete mathematical depth, that, that's still scary to a lot of us, but it, uh, of course, is very important. Do you think, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, um, for me, it was also when this competition started, I had no clue about how to attack a machine learning model. So I wrote this kernel for myself to try to understand how it actually works. And I was surprised myself in the end, how um, yeah, the Jacobian matrix entered the field and all this stuff. So um, 
yeah, sometimes it's also a journey. So jumping in and finding out what happens. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to dive into uh, Kaggle in just a second, but I'm just curious. Uh, you mentioned mm -hmm. these experiments in physics, which uh, take a lot of tenacity, take a lot of rigor. Do you think having that background, having that mindset is helpful uh, for you in data science? Yes, definitely. Um, I would say it's the experimental physics and the theoretical physics that um, help a lot to dive into data science because on the one hand you have this mathematical part um, i think many people believe you don't even need it to start with uh, data science i already said that i believe you it's good to know it but um, also this experimental um, physics part is really helpful because you have always to think about how was the data collected how was the data um, stored and it, do, have you already introduced some kind of bias this way and this is these are also thoughts you have when you set up an experiment at physics so you have the same kind of critical thinking about what you are doing and um, i think this is also needed in every data science project i can definitely see the parallels uh, another thing that i had learned about your journey was you you studied educational sciences and uh, you have mm -hmm. actually written a thesis on self-directed learning in science education. How do you learn today? Uh, do you have any advices for, I am very fascinated by this topic of how to learn on the internet, any advices in that direction? I think, um, yeah, so what I first wanted to become was a teacher. So this was why I had this educational science um, part in my um, in my biography. Well, yeah, how to say it? Um, yes, I'm a fan of learning what you like to learn. So learning should be fun. It should never be some kind of pressure. And um, when I give some advice, it's you should have really fun to learn and then it's the right thing to do so if you want to enter the field of data science it should be fun because i think that it's so yeah it's changing so fast um and there's always a new topic to learn and always a new model and there's also the skills you should have are so many that um you should always be hungry of learning new things and um yeah so my advice would be follow your passion what you really want to learn learn it and um, keep the other stuff away until you feel ready for it so um, yeah i think especially nowadays there are so many resources so many courses online so many books it's hard to filter out what you really need and i often get this kind of question how to become a data scientist which course should i take <laughs> and um, i can only say follow what you really want to do because then you can really be good at it and then you have the endurance to um, take every step you need and um, Yes, I think this also helps to um, win in this competition because I think there's so many people that want to enter this field um, that it's really hard to get a job. Uh, this is what I hear from so many people. And um, I think to really yeah, win in the end, you have to show that you're really burning for this. I think otherwise it's, uh, it's so hard that, yeah, 
Or sometimes it's also better, like like I did, start with something different. Uh, start with software development and try to find out if you can find a way, a bypass <laughs> into the field or something like that. Your, your passion definitely comes through. Uh, early in your journey, I was also reading about, uh, I think your interview was titled Sitting Down with Laura for a Cup of Java, uh, something like that, where you were talking about software development. Uh, today, you recap your Kaggle experiences as if it's an open document and uh, you recap your journey across a competition. Uh, the passion definitely comes through. How, how did you discover Kaggle? How did you get started on it? Um, I first heard about Kaggle from my colleagues at work. So we had a small big data team when I started my first job and um, they told me about Kaggle and there was this question, should we discover it or, or not? And um, yeah, so when I first saw the platform, it was like, wow, this is a perfect playground for a physicist. So um, I yeah, just started when I first saw it because, yeah, or better, in the beginning, I was very silent. But um, then I um, yeah, brought my daughter to life. So I was in parental leave and I had time. And then, yeah, I found myself uh, on Kaggle every day. <laughs> you got addicted to Kaggle at, at that uh, point in time. Yeah. Uh, how did you uh, get started on kernels? Uh, I was reading your older kernels, older, so to speak, uh, mm -hmm. your first kernels. You had also created this workshop, uh, like example tutorials for uh, where you have written a story around essentially the complete data science pipeline. How, how did you get started with kernels? I think my first kernels were just to try out some ideas. And I still remember when I got my first upvotes and it was like, wow, someone liked my idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was really flashed and happy that day. I still remember it. And um, then I started to write kernels to learn for my, for my own. So I used it uh, as... Um, yeah, as a method to learn something and to share my learning experiences because um, I was so yeah flashed that one could learn so much topics on Kaggle and I wanted to give something back. So I decided that every time I'm learning something new, I'm writing a kernel because then I can directly share it with the community and I give something back um, yeah, what I have learned once from the others. So I think this is also very great and open source contribution. So you can always give something and you, you get something back. And yes, so this is how I got um, got started. And I think this uh, gamification a bit with these upvotes and also the leaderboard and stuff like this is the motivation. So you mm -hmm. have, you can directly see the feedback. Okay. Uh, people liked it. So it was useful for them. And um, yeah, I think this is also very great. Uh, it definitely comes through uh, your, your notebooks have a personal it, it's also called kernels for the audience. So kernels and notebooks are the same word. Kaggle messed that up when they changed the name. Uh, you have a personal touch and it looks like your notebook is meant for yourself as well. And it's shared across for us as well to learn. How does the uh, pipeline for you look like today? How do you author a kernel? Uh, I know it's it's a few weeks long process as you continue mm -hmm. writing it. So would love to know what happens behind the scenes. 
Uh, I think this depends on um, my intention. Um, sometimes I want to write uh, like a tutorial or um, yeah, more like end-to-end -end, uh, analysis. Um, then I have yeah something in mind like okay you should cover the last function you should cover the metric you should take a look at um, the individual feature distributions and um, I often then have in mind okay is there an imbalance where are the outliers so what could influence the learning process um, but this is not always the case so sometimes I'm just jumping in and I'm just curious and start writing and discovering. And um, so it's flowing along the way. And um, yeah, also sometimes I don't finish it really. So <laughs> I have also some canons and don't have really an end. And um, I think that's okay because it's my hobby. So I think then it's, it's okay. But um, Sometimes I also skip this, this end for a later time point when, when I come back. So I sometimes also come back to my work and finish it then. Um, but yeah, so the recommendation would be decide what you want to write. Sometimes it's also okay to just jump in and to explore and to just have fun. Um, but it's also good that to have some kind of basic structure that you always like to yeah, go through, like, okay, discover the target, discover the metric, what kind of, what kind of assumptions do you have about the data? Um, also write something, not just putting code into it and <laughs> that's it. Um, because I think then it's not so useful for all the other people in the community. They yeah, I mean, everyone has its own coding style and then you have to go to every step what what happens. And yeah. um, so, yes, this would be my recommendations, I think. You mentioned structure. A lot of your notebooks have these questions at the top. Do you uh, always, when starting on a problem, write down a few ideas and build on top? Is that the case? Mm, yeah, sometimes I've, I ha already have some questions, um, but many questions also came while working on it. So mm. um, yes, as I said, so I have this basic structure to go from the target. Often I, I put the target first and then uh, take a look at the at the metric so that I already know what, what is going to be optimized and how does the target distribution look like, what might be a problem there. And um, then I'm yeah, going to the features and validation validation strategy so that I get more and more secure what how to solve this puzzle or to solve this problem. And um, yes, yeah, this is, uh, of course, also to look at the results in the end. So if there are a group of, in the data that I was not able to predict well in the end or um, does my model really do what I want. So is, um, is it re really de detecting cancer or has it learned something in the in the background? And um, I think this is, this is also very important, but I can't say that I always follow this scheme. So sometimes I just explore and I think it's okay. For Kegel it's okay because it's not a really data science project like on work. So you can really do something that you would never do at work. So 
I think this also holds true for competitions. You can really try out um, yeah, crazy ideas and you can fail and that's okay. So um, yes, I would also recommend to just try it out. Yeah, try out your ideas. The notebooks are open to creativity. I, I really loved your smoothie notebook, which, which I think mm -hmm. was one of your creative ones. Yes, and this was also um, one where I just jumped in. So I tried out and I decided, okay, I want to um, get more knowledge in PyTorch. So I tried to build a bit my own um, pipeline and my own models and how to visualize the losses and stuff like that. And um, yes, but it also had this exploring part. So finding a group of images that was not present in train. I was so happy when I found it. I thought, ooh, <laughs> um, and this can only be done with exploratory data analysis. So I wanted to give this a push because I sometimes um, feel that there are much too less exploratory um, kernels out there. So there yeah. should be more. <laughs> and um, yes, so this was one I just jumped in and I think I haven't finished that really. <laughs> it, 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 it looks very complete from, from a beginner's perspective, a beginner like me. Uh, you do iterate a lot. Uh, there's a lot of attention to detail as well in your notebooks with doesn't come by default. What what efforts are going in that direction behind the scenes? How much attention to detail do you give? Yeah, I think this is um, yeah, it's more like um, due to my character. Um, I'm sorry for my English. My English is very uh, horrible sometimes. I was never good at it in school, and um, yeah. So I think it's weird. Um. Yes, I think it's a bit like drawing an image. So like art, um, when I start, I just can, can stop. I want to understand every, every detail and every part of it. And only then I'm feeling really good. And I'm also relaxing by doing it this way. Yes. You have an OCD for uh, attention to detail, if I may? Yeah. Uh, so I love to go into details. Hmm. Yes, and this can be good, but this can also be um, time consuming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah time consuming, and uh, it's also not always good. I still remember when I studied physics, I wanted I wanted always to understand it all, and this was so so impossible. <laughs> it was not possible. It was just not possible. And in the end, you were close. I was close to the exams. And, oh, no, I still don't understand everything. I'm so confused. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's good to have a structure. Yes, it's better to have a structure, um, especially when you are working. <laughs> so on Kegel, it's completely okay to, <laughs> to end up in a mess. So it's okay to be chaotic. Yeah. But um, yes, yeah. So I think that's also the reason why I like to go into details because mm. I'm exploring and it's never ending. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely comes through, especially in, in your kernels of uh, pulmonary disease, uh, the LANL competition, the protein atlas competition, the attention to detail is, is just amazing. What makes a great kernel according to you? I think a great kernel um, deals something for the Kegel community. So 
it can be an exploratory scratch for a competition so that is not um, spoiling something um, such that the fun of the competition is going down so uh, publishing um, yeah a kernel that yields a good score likely also on the private leaderboard that's a no-go i think that sh should not be done but um, sharing some insights you have found about the data or um, that helps people to get started i think that's great also a skeleton that uh, of code that people can use to build up their own ideas um, especially for beginners is so helpful i still remember when i started um, i really needed some kind of skeleton so that i can just jump in and okay i'm only changing something in the validation or i'm only adding a few more layers and, and i will try out what will happen so i think this is really good and um, helpful also all these tutorials one can find picking a specific model and writing all you can know or have to know about this model is so great yeah um you you, you mentioned the community and uh, one thing I've, i i noted one of your films so you always give due credit to the author many people tend to plagiarize on kakel uh, you've been very polite to people who have plagiarized your content as well you would leave a very polite comment to them how how can beginners avoid this trap many people do it for some reason um so i can understand the problem when you have wrote written a kernel for example in an off competition data set and no one is looking at it and this is frustrating and i can truly understand that people write comments uh, to highly upvoted notebooks uh, like oh hey take a look at my kernel <laughs> i've written <laughs> um, i can understand it but i think it's not the right way because um yeah it always has the smell that the people don't like really like your work they only want to have the attention and this is it must must not be the case but it always has a smell and i think it's better to make some kind of yeah marketing for yourself <laughs> so try uh, try to use the social media channels and show what you have what you have done i think um it's still a problem that of as of competition data sets are not um, gathering so much attention but i think it's not yeah one should still keep in mind it's not about the upwards and it's not about the medals and not about the tier so once you are learning something by writing your kernel you have always won something important for yourself and of course it's great when people upload it because it gives you the feedback you are on the right way and you are doing a great job but um yeah perhaps if one really likes to have these upwards it's better to directly jump into competition data sets because then you can completely avoid this problem that no one is looking at it yeah yeah that that's great advice um another thing i, I know you're an advocate of women in tech uh how can we get more women on Kaggle? The, the gender issue is still not so good. How, how do we create more leaders like you? I think meetups are a great way. Um, so meetups, meetups for women um, so that they, yeah, I don't know if women are more afraid of joining data science. I don't know. But to um, if it is so, then I think it's a good, a good way to... Um, 
to get started because then you don't have to be afraid and you can ask yeah other Keglers or other data scientists in the field and I think this has already happened a lot and that's of course really good um yeah why are not so many women in in data science that's a it's the same question like why are so many women not studying physics or math or I don't know <laughs> it's a difficult <laughs> it's a difficult question so, you, so at least in my country I think it also depends on where where you live and how the culture is around you so but I have never experienced some kind of discrimination during my way um luckily <laughs> not but um still we were only a few women in physics so i don't know why it's like so perhaps it's a it's a role that you learn during your childhood i i don't know so what you see that uh, there are so less women in these technical fields and so you decide to do something different and in my case i would have also been a teacher so it could have also been happened that i i've never touched this field so how to say yeah. do, do you think we're making a mistake somewhere and uh, do you think we could we could create more encouraging environments as, as a community uh, because we're all blind to our own biases uh, would that be the case hmm, i think one should start with the children so going into the school and showing girls that they can code as well that they can be good in math as well um I think it's also important that there are women teachers that show um, girls that it's also natural to be a woman in this field. So I think it would change if there would be more women, but this is like a can problem. So you need more women in this field to really change yes. something. <laughs> this is, um, yeah, this is, this is really difficult, I think. That's a great point. Um, another I, I I hope we we continue improving in this direction. Uh, I know many leaders like you are are inspiring the future generation. So I hope that'll change. Another thing that I wanted to touch upon: uh, you became a Kaggle Grandmaster while on your maternity leave. How, how do you manage your time uh, with Kaggle <laughs> work and life? Yeah, <laughs> so I'm really a mummy at day and a Kaggle at night. <laughs> so. Um, Yes, um, in my case, it's um, tiny little steps every day. So I'm keggling almost every day for an hour or sometimes two, um, if it's possible. Sometimes it's not possible. Um, but in the end, it's also a big step. So I can't do this, what other kicklers do, like the whole weekend I spent on the competition. It's not possible. <laughs> no. I have my kids and they are um, so yeah, time consuming and they need all my love. So it's very difficult, yes, I think. Um, yeah, so I'm keggling at night or in the evening, better, <laughs> better to say. For the audience, uh, just to let you know, Laura has been kind enough to do to record this interview at uh, 10 p.m. in her time zone. So uh, she does Kaggle at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
one thing I, I learned in your profile was you also transitioned into data science artwork from software engineering. Was Kaggle helpful? Uh, what was helpful in making that transition professionally? Um, it was definitely helpful because um, I decided first to show my skills to the world and then it changed something in the company. So it was recognized um, more that I really have a passion for, for machine learning and for data science. And um, it also had some great side effects to a project I was working on. Um, I was working on a research project um, that used um, neural networks to identify um, yeah, microplastics in, in um, sewage water. And um, so I learned TensorFlow uh, <laughs> at night on Kaggle and I used it also uh, during my work um, mm. to solve the task. And so it was really helpful also for my skill set um, to, be, to be active on Kaggle, definitely. Um, yeah. you you're currently working, you're leading the data science team at uh, Micrometer. I hope I got that right. Uh, what does a day in your uh, life at work look like? Um, yes, yeah, so we have just started to um, build up some kind of business area. So um, my tasks are mainly marketing and trying to find clients and um, show them what they can or could do with their data. And um, it's yes, so it's like more communicative tasks. So um, also explaining what, what is meant by machine learning and what is meant by, by AI to people that have no mathematical background, no data science background. And this is sometimes really difficult because um, so many people, I think, believe that just having data is already enough to yield great results. But of course, it's not it's not true. So the information that's inside the data is so important and how the data was collected is so important um, that my task is really a lot of communication. So trying to demystify the, these topics a bit, but also to, um, to show what they can really do with it. And yeah, hopefully catching the projects <laughs> to set it up. Yeah. It seems like your your storytelling uh, skills from Kaggle might might be helpful because you yes, tell definitely. these amazing stories. <laughs> so I'm also practicing um, how to tell these stories, but um, I think it's still um, different if you already have a, a project or, um, or a management that wants to have some kind of reports and want to have insights out from data. So this is another storytelling than um, showing people what they can do with uh, already existing data and they have no clue what uh, to do with it. So or some ideas and not really, um, yeah, not really the case what or how they could benefit from using AI. So there's also this hype. Oh, I would like to do AI as well. <laughs> so um, uh, yes, this is also a part of my work. I, I think those skills can somewhat be learned through Kaggle, but those definitely would come through experience a lot. Yeah, I, I think so. And um, we are also still making baby steps. So learning by doing and by, oh yeah, by communicating with potential clients and trying out to um, figure out what they need and if it's really data science or if it's just um, 
yeah, autom automatization, so digitalization topics. And yeah, so I think this is it. And also spreading the knowledge I have into the team. So into some people that are also interested in data science. So building up a small team is also part of my daily work. The amazing part about that is we also get to learn as you learn through your kernel. So uh, as a community, we've been very grateful for that. Um, Thank you. <laughs> my my uh, final question, this is usually a repeat question, uh, is what's your best advice for newbies? Every time I get very interesting and different answers. So what's your advice? So I think um, follow your passion. I think that's really my advice. Try to stand out of the masses because um, that was one advice I uh, read a few years ago. There are so many people that want to enter this field. Try to stand out some, somehow. So this could be like um, if you are very good in coding um, but not so good in storytelling, then don't try to be a data anal analyst or don't perhaps don't try to be a data scientist. Perhaps go better the data engineering way. So don't... Um, so, I have the feeling that so many people want to be a data scientist, but there are so many fields around it and also included, and it's also not so clear defined. So pick what you're really good at and what you really want to do, and then evolve into this field step by step. So not the big, big goal in the head in one day or in one month or something like that. <laughs> so better, better do it tiny, tiny little steps every day. That's amazing advice. Uh, if if you like asking stupid questions to the smart calculator masters, start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have three or four questions in a rapid fire format. If if that's okay with you, I'd like to start with the first one which is your favorite kernel authors okay i think um one i really like is heads of tales so martin Henze, he's writing so great exploratory um kernels it's uh, also very detailed and um they are so unique i like them very much um Yes, I also like the kernels of Chris Diot uh, very much when he shares <laughs> some of his uh, great, great ideas. Feature and, insights. Yes, feature insights. But also, um, he's also sharing, I think, a lot of learning experiences. And this is something I really like. So I, you can just look at a kernel and you can learn something new. And yeah. um, so I think these two are really my favorites. Yeah. I would say. I, I would say it's the same for your kernels as well. Uh, favorite competition that you were involved in? <laughs> yeah, it's one that I scored uh, badly. <laughs> so the most <laughs> most worst. <laughs> it's a human protein atlas. Um, I tried out so many ideas. I built this clustering algorithm to figure out the target combination. And I tried to uh, build models that directly use this cluster information as a feature. And I was, it was so a mess in the end, such a chaos. But <laughs> I learned so much on this way and also um, to organize better. So this was one of my competitions. I spent so much time into it. I put so much time into it. And, and in the end, I was not, I was not able to, to finish. So I had, uh, I had figured out, okay, the seldom targets are so important. You need a good model also on the seldom targets. And I 
yeah, I ignored a bit the validation and I made so many mistakes. So I failed so much, but yeah, because of this failing, I learned also so much. And this was really a great experience. Yeah. All, all great Kagglers have failed in interesting ways and uh, really improved from there. Um, your favorite frameworks uh, that you use? I don't think that I really have favorite uh, framework because I really try to to learn different tools and to try out different tools and they all have some advantages and disadvantages. So I could not even say that I'm really addicted to Python. Sometimes I have also used R, but not on Kaggle so much, um, but it also has its own advantages and disadvantages. So I don't have a favorite, no. Okay, interesting. <laughs> um, favorite type of problems uh, that you enjoy working on, if any? Mm. Yes, I really like the medical um, medical problems. Um, I think it's because I before I wanted to become a teacher, I want to study medicine, but I was not accepted. Okay. <laughs> so my grades had not been good enough. And um, I'm still bounded somehow to these medical problems that really solve some problems for humanity. I think this is uh, there. My motivation is really high. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, final question. I was curious about uh, your Kaggle name, which is Elunia. Uh, mm -hmm. Is there a story behind that? Uh, not really. Um, I like to play computer games in the past. And one of my names in a set loss game was Alunia. And I just uh, picked it when I got started on Kaggle because it was like a game for me as well. And I thought, okay, then go with your gaming name. <laughs> But there was no, not, uh, there's not a deep uh, story behind it, no. In that case, I have another question and people really struggle with this, especially Kaggle Grandmasters. Favorite game of all time? You have to pick just one. <laughs> I can't, okay, I think it's Settler 7 um, with my husband. Playing it with my husband is so much fun. We had so much fun um, playing it against each other. So <laughs> I would choose this one. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> on on that note, Laura, congratulations again on becoming Colonel's Grandmaster. I hope you continue you. writing uh, the Colonel's for us. Yes, and of course. Before we end the interview uh, for the audience, what's the best platforms for them to connect with you, if any? Um, I'm only active on Kaggle and LinkedIn so far. I have um, the idea to also to be active on Twitter, but I haven't started yet because I have not too much time. I'm still sorry for all not answered questions on LinkedIn so far, <laughs> because um, with a baby and a little daughter, it's like, yeah. So in the evening, I'm often so tired. I just want to start kickle a bit and then going to sleep. <laughs> yeah. So if, if you really want to connect me, I think LinkedIn is a good way. Uh, if by the time this interview goes out and you see Laura's uh, Twitter profile, please uh, go there, send her a chai emoji. Uh, <laughs> she'll know you came from this interview. Thank you again for your time, Laura, and for all of your kernels. Uh, I'm sure the community has really enjoyed reading all of them. So on, on its behalf, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for so much for invi inviting me to your show. Thank you.
थैंक यू सो मच फॉर लिसनिंग टू दिस एपिसोड इफ यू एंजॉय द शो प्लीज बी श्योर टू गिव इट अ रिव्यू और फील फ्री टू शूट मी अ मैसेज यू कैन फाइंड ऑल ऑफ द सोशल मीडिया लिंक्स इन द डिस्क्रिप्शन इफ यू लाइक द शो प्लीज सब्सक्राइब एंड ट्यून इन ईच वीक टू चाई टाइम डेटा साइंस